Talking sports as they report Back and forth from their home court They talk the sports if you're not sure They talk of sports and then talk more About all sports East, West, South, North Ryan talks sports Andrew retorts And George will hear as they both sort Through all the sports they both support The Walk-Ons What's up guys? Welcome to The Walk-Ons Yes, we are back after a bit of a hiatus It is Tuesday, August 31st 2021. Why are we filming on a Tuesday? Well, one, it's our show. We can do whatever the hell we want. Two, I'm in LA. All the boys are in LA. It's the first time that we've done a show all in the same room, which is pretty exciting. And number three, we've got our boy, recurring guest, friend of the show, former Dayton Flyers and Ball State Cardinals quarterback and youth football legend, Timmy Fogarty, who's going to be joining us all show long. And I cannot wait for it. And guys, it's college football season, baby. Week zero, notwithstanding, Blowouts everywhere, couldn't have cared less. It was still awesome. We've got a huge slate for week one. Andrew Schuster with me as always. What's up, buddy? How are you? Dude, I'm doing great. I mean, North Carolina's ranked in the top 10. Oh boy. So, you know. False this hope, is a start one, so early. This is a once in a lifetime opportunity for me. So I have to capitalize before we definitely are gonna lose on Friday at Virginia Tech. <laughs> no. Oh yeah, absolutely. It's, there's no question. Like we're better, but I just know we're gonna lose. Like it's just, it's North Carolina can't win once there's expectations in football. And I just, I, I got to relish my uh, two more days of being like, we're a top 10 team, so let's go. Yeah, yeah, you better enjoy it while you can. Well, look, let, let's talk title odds, right? Because North Carolina's right there. I think they're, what, seven or eight? Actually, no, they're we're not the even top, on the list. They're, not, they're in the top 10, but they're not, on, telling the, they're you, not on the list like, of title odds. But look, this doesn't shock anybody. It's Alabama, Clemson, Georgia, Ohio State. Those are your top four. Oklahoma, Iowa State, Texas A&M, LSU, Florida, and rounding out the top 10, the Miami Hurricanes who are going to get absolutely <laughs> obliterated this weekend. Uh, it's going to be a bloodbath. Uh, that's one of the funniest things I've actually seen. But look, let's not play, all right, who's going to win the title? I think we could probably just throw a dart at Alabama or Clemson and call it a day. Out of those top four, Alabama, Clemson, Georgia, Ohio State, who do you think falls out? Who do you think replaces them, Andrew? So I think falls out is going to probably be Georgia, but I actually still like their chances of being in that final four. But I, if we have to pick one who's going to fall out, I really like Texas A&M. I think Texas A&M has like really steadily built their program over the last couple of years, and they're actually like on par with the talent with a lot of these teams. They're actually one of the more valuable college football programs in the country. So you know they have boosters, throwing NIL money at these kids in the future, and they have yeah, one of the true. only coaches who actually has won a national championship. There's only like five coaches that have won a national title because Dabo and, and Nick Saban are just winning them all the last 20 years. So. <laughs> I mean, there's kind of that sneaky team that, like, we all know was really good. They're the, what, sixth team listed on here, so they're not a surprise. But I still think I'm that's the team I'm keeping an eye out on. Well, let me ask you this, Andrew. Can you name their starting quarterback? It's whoever is QB2 last year to count. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. That is your that is your team who's going to replace the Georgia Bulldogs in the college football playoff is a team with a no-name quarterback who was probably the number two last year. His name's Haynes King. Which did you know that before you just Google search? Absolutely not. I didn't, yeah. but I'm going to make it sound like I did. Also, I, I said I didn't think Georgia was going to fall out. So <laughs> I'm covering all my bases. It's okay. Here. It's been two weeks. I've been waiting to rib on you for a while, dude. All right. Yeah, Tim yeah. Fogarty, resident quarterback expert, college football extraordinaire. All right. Who do, who do you like to fall out and who do you like to replace them in the top four? First of all, that was probably the longest period of time I've had to be quiet for. Like, you know, like without I could see like, you, you sitting know, on oh, your dude, out. Yeah, it was like, sweating. yeah, it was tough. <laughs> um, but no, uh, first of all, there's a 0% chance that Texas A&M like has less than like two losses, but they'll still be considered in like the talk and it'll piss me off 
you know, at the end of the season, they'll be like, oh, yeah, they'll be like 10 and 2. And they'll, because, you know, they'll always be like a three loss Texas AM. Well, somehow might get into the playoff. Like, I love what Andrew's saying. I, because Kellen Mond, first of all, he was there for like seven years, I feel like. Like, how can you, he never took them to where I always thought, like, I always bet on AM. I bet on AM like every single time they were like over, you know, an eight point dog. And I was like, dude. And they could not, like, I would always just end up getting disappointed with that. I think they're very, very good. However, I think it's a no-brainer for me, Oklahoma. Like, them with who they play is the number one thing. Yeah, they're going to put up, first of all, they're going to every single over. Lock of the century for everyone listening is over. Take the for, over. They Big hit, 12 football, baby. They hit, Big 12 football hits the over in the first half for the entire game. <laughs> every single time. They hit 75 points in the first half. Like, But no, I think Oklahoma's with Spencer Rattler coming back, and we talked about this a little earlier, is... You were saying how you weren't just you weren't sold on Spencer Rattler yet. You know, you're like, yo, I, I'm not, and I'm not either. But I think a lot like Ohio State, Oklahoma has an offense where it's so plug and play that if you also think about think about Kyler Murray, think about when Baker was there. All these games had fans in the stands. They had every touchdown. The broadcasters with the fans, you know, are breaking down. You felt the energy. You, you they showed you how they told you how good they were. You know, because you had that whole like you know experience in game day with everything. With last year with those fans not in the stands and things. Yeah, guys are good, but if you get what I'm saying here, like they, there's a certain like wow factor yet that, as humans, a lot of us haven't been like just whoa because it hasn't really been presented yet. You know what I mean? Like Oklahoma last year was a weird season. With this year, the running backs they have, the teams they play on the road, right? And you know they're going to score tons of points. Their defense is better than usual. I think I can see them there. They should not lose a game. They could lose at Texas, or the Texas game is, is a Texas game, right? But it's Oklahoma, so I, I actually will take that back and guarantee you that they have one loss. Yeah, they get Iowa they State. They have one loss, too. like going in, because there's they just do that. You know, you'll be like, oh, they play Kansas State, like they'll kill them. Well, look, here's my problem with Oklahoma. Like, I, you're right. Uh, Spencer Rattler is as high ranked of a recruit that, as he is. Like, he just doesn't have that same kind of vuv that Baker Mayfield had, that Kyler Murray had. I, I just wasn't impressed with his season last year, and I really think. Look, yeah, they can score with anybody in the country, absolutely. But that defense has always been suspect. They've always had a, tr- a trouble on on the defensive line. They've and they better get that shored up in the next three years because you're not going to be able to compete in the SEC with a, a, a D line that is three, four deep and guys that you have to have five, six difference makers. You just do. And I don't think you got 12 games on the regular season schedule. If they make it to the playoffs, maybe 13, maybe 14. Maybe you can win 11 or 12 games outscoring everybody, but it's not the kind of strategy that I think is actually going to get you to a, nas- a national title. I yeah. really don't. And I, Look, I think Oklahoma's a great team. I actually agree with Andrew. I think if, if there is a team that's going to bow out, it's probably Georgia because Georgia always disappoints, and they always have the talent, yep. and they always are, this is supposed to be the year, and it never is, and that's just the way they are. And I actually think... I'm just gonna go. I'm gonna go outside of the Power Five, which, as the Big Twelve sort of dissolves here, is gonna be less and less of that. But I think Cincinnati has a real chance to surprise this year. Desmond Ritter is legitimate. They have a fucking. They have an amazing defense. Sorry for cussing, but you know, this is our show, so we're gonna do what we want. Uh, they play at Notre Dame and swear. at Indiana. If they beat at, if they beat Notre Dame and Indiana on the road. And they sweep the American. I mean, that's a team. How, I don't know how you can keep a 12-0 Cincinnati out with wins on the road at Indiana, who's a very good team and very underrated, and Notre Dame, 
and you know a one or two loss Texas A&M, one or two loss Georgia. I just I don't I don't see it. Yeah, no, I, I agree. I have a different team I want to bring up, but I agree because I think Indiana might be the sleeper's second best team in the Big Ten this year. Yes. And if you're beating them and Notre Dame, who has you know the clout of being a, a college football playoff team, that's when you finally could see a non-power five team break in. But the team I want to bring up is Iowa State for two reasons. One, kind of like A and M earlier, I actually know the name of their quarterback. Um, (laughs) but uh, two that they're a steadily building program and then like we said with Oklahoma they don't play anybody so they are in the same position of being able to run the table and you know if they can beat Oklahoma twice and have that you know 12-0 13-0 record I think they're in a great position they also play Iowa my second reason I just want to hear Timmy talk about Brock Purdy because he had some great Uh, stuff to say I'm actually about to make you a bet because I, I want to put something on the line here that there's a 0% chance Brock Purdy beats Oklahoma twice because when I saw him working out this summer on Twitter in a picture he, on a grass field, he was wearing fu- and I'm gonna cuss Ryan, so he's wearing fucking Tevas like the sandal. Oh, you can't with ride socks. with that. No, no with socks. And, and my my biggest thing is okay, dude. As somebody, you know, maybe he was golfing or something. You know, he took his socks off, put his sandals on, type of move. No, no, no. He, they they were training. I saw a video of him in Tevas and. Also, like going back to this, one more thing. I actually have a touch on Oklahoma, and the reason I think that there's they have a better shot at winning the national title than people think. It's it, it goes layers deep than oh the, the you know the athleticism they have or whatever. If they go in, let's say they run the table and they go in as the one seed, right? Clemson has been sus like they have great players. They're a great team. Their defensive secondary has absolutely let them down. Like crazy. Look at Ohio State last year. Got absolutely destroyed. You know, like, and if you're going up against a team like Oklahoma, who will attack you deep, who will hit these, you know, certain things, and you, let's say they do run it and they're on a 12 game win streak, they're not going to be intimidated, right? Going up against this Clemson team. And they're vulnerable. Not saying that they won't recover this season, but if you're the one seed, you know, going up up against a four seed, no matter who that is, right? Like, I think, like you said, Georgia's going to choke. Right, I, I think that Oklahoma has a lot better, and Phil Steele, I was telling you earlier, which the mo- he's basically the Nostradamus of college football, has Oklahoma winning it all this year, which kind of shocked the shit out of me, to be yeah. honest, dude. Like, I was yeah. like, really, dude? You don't think like everyone else is going to choke? <sighs> yeah, that's interesting. So that to me was, you know, something. That's why, you know, I'm I've got this Oklahoma boner, if you will. Yeah. That I I did I, I I always do basically because they always hit overs for me. But no, I think Spencer Rattler will be a lot better and have the wow factor this year because he put a hundred thousand people in Oklahoma Stadium. He throws six touchdowns, you know, against the team and everyone's there chanting his name. It, it's going to have a bigger impact than it did last season. Yeah. Look, uh, I mean, those are those are all good points. And to go. To go back to Andrew's point, look, Georgia, they've got an interesting, I mean, Clemson week one, Clemson week one, uh, so get get your straps on, boys. It's going to get ugly. Uh, they're at Auburn this year. They're at Florida this year. They're at Tennessee this year, which, yeah, they've, they've been down. But, yeah, I mean, look, it's the SEC. They, they beat each other up, and it's usually just Alabama that rises to the cream of the crop. The only problem that I have, Andrew, with Iowa State, and let's kind of wrap that up, they just don't play anybody. And, I mean, you said that, right? I think that the Big 12, what happened with Oklahoma and Texas is going to ruin the Big 12 for everybody else. Unless it's Texas or, or Oklahoma who are at the top, they're just not going to get, I mean, look, Iowa State's non-conference schedule. Northern Iowa, Iowa who's decent, UNLV. I mean, if, if you are going to be a team who is quite possibly, because Northern Iowa is a very interesting city, it's, I've been there, it's pretty cool. Iowa State might be the third most attractive place to be in Iowa. 
which yeah. is saying a lot. <laughs> and if you are going to be Iowa State and this is going to be your ceiling and you're going to be a top 10 team possibly trying to break into the college football playoff, you have to not schedule UNLV or Northern Iowa. What? Find somebody else. Find anyone else. Well, and they're not going to score enough points to be sexy enough. You know, with those games, like know. they're not going to score 78 points. You know, they're not going to score enough points to make them sexy enough to committee to be like, hey, let's put them in there. They put 90 points up on UNLV. Yeah. They won't do that. They'll throw to their tight end all day long and win like 35 to like 21, and it'll be like awful. Yeah. You know, and it'll be on like ABC that day, and you'll be like, oh my God, <laughs> put on the next game. That's exactly Please, how it'll happen. Get this off my screen. Yeah, you know. Well, look, okay. We mentioned it. Week one is awesome. Week zero left a little bit wanting, but it was just sweet to have football back. That's fine. Let's go through some of the games, and let's, let's pick our winners. Look, Georgia-Clemson, I really do think that is, that's the game of the week. Mm-hmm. Um, I, don't, I think you can just objectively say that. Do, is there a chance that Georgia can beat Clemson? And if so, how, Andrew? I think there is a chance because as good as Clemson is this year, I do think this is a year of transition. And so if you are going to catch them off guard, it's week one. And it's a neutral site game, too. Granted, like, Charlotte yeah. really is kind of splitting the difference with Clemson and Athens. So it really will, I think, be, like, a, a kind of a neutral site game to its actual definition. But, like, as much as, like, DJ, I'm not even going to pretend to pronounce his last name. DJU. DJ we decided today. DJU. DJ yes. Okay. As much as he showed out against Notre Dame last year, even though they did lose, like, he clearly is the quarterback of the future for yep. them. But if there is a week where you're going to catch Clemson trying to figure their shit out, it's week one. And, two, what I really love about this game is this is a, one of the handful of games where whoever loses is not eliminated from the playoffs. Like a thousand percent, unless it's like 70 to nothing. Like both of these <laughs> yep. teams is just like, this is a chance for us to get a very amazing win early on and really set the stage, especially if you're Georgia going up against a tougher SEC like, gauntlet of schedule. So I just want to see what happens because I think this is a, like one of those you know, chances for an iconic week one game that really sets the stage for the whole season. Oh, it's going to be a bloodbath, dude. Yeah. Like, no, an absolute bloodbath. Like, Georgia, what excites me is how pissed off Georgia is every year. And, dude, they have dogs, no pun intended, yeah. every year. Dude, you know what I mean? Like, they have, like, three running backs that will play in the NFL, like, at one time, every year. And they're all, like, yeah, there'll be one guy who runs, like, a 4-3, but they all will punch you in the mouth type runners. You know, they run angry. So, like, Clemson, who always has a decent defense. And last year, Brent Venables, right, the D coordinator, I don't even know how many years he's been there. Does anyone have, like any idea? I think he's been there since the 1800s. So, literally, yeah. He's got a sweet gig. But no, but that last year was his second worst year his defense has had statistically. And you don't think having that? I mean, they're going to be pissed, dude. But I also think like with Georgia's running game and able to, and now that they have JT Daniels, who I liked a lot at USC, he had just bad luck. As someone who's had bad luck with injuries and stuff in the past, it's. It's truly like we've talked about, you know, on previous uh, podcasts in the NFL, is situation based. It's a lot of it's luck in college. Look at McKenzie Milton. Look at some of these guys. You know, like it really is luck with some of them. So I, I think it's going to be a really interesting as far as how Georgia Clemson goes, and I think JT Daniels this year will shock a lot of not shock, but really surprise a lot of people with him being in the conversation of oh shit, he had four TDs today because guys, when you got good running backs. You see it in the NFL. It opens up the passing game. And, and in college, when you're not afraid to score 70 points on a team, like, it can put the stats up. You know what I mean? So I agree. I think that first game, I really think Clemson has a chance to be knocked off. But, God, Brent Venables and those dudes are going to be pissed off, man. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. Listen, it, 
like with anything in football, I mean, the quarterbacks, you mentioned two of them right there. That, that is what's going to make the difference. Let's look over to the Big Ten because let's look at Ohio State. They've got a new quarterback, C.J. Stroud. Depending on who you listen to, apparently he slings the ball better than half the, half the guys in the NFL, which I have no idea if that's true or not. He's got probably the, he's easily the best wide receiver duo in the nation. He's got Chris Olave, Garrett Wilson, who might even be better than Chris Olave. Chris Olave's kind of got that big name. I mean, Ryan Day, 23-2 and as a head coach. Is this the year that they finally get over the hump and they get a chance to win a title with a freshman quarterback? No. I think there's two. For me, and I've despised Ohio State since I went to University of Dayton. I hate Ohio State. And I asked people at my own college if they were coming to our game, and they're like, the Ohio State game is on. <laughs> you know? But, like, it is everything in that state. And for Ohio State this year, I think they have so many weapons and I was talking earlier to, with you guys, like they are plug and play offensively. I really think they are. Like their their recruiting classes are obnoxious. Quinn Ewers, that's coming in next year, is arguably one of the best QBs I've watched. Like just throwing the football. In the and last, he's already a millionaire. Thanks and he's already NFL. a freaking millionaire, which I love it. That's bringing Sweet. back college football, uh, the video game, which is going to be great. NCAA. <laughs> but no, in all seriousness, I I think Ohio State last year with. Justin Fields and the guys that they had because it, for me it all starts at the quarterback obviously you guys know this like and when you get into these big games at the end of the day who is taking the snap right like in the national title who's taking the snap when you get a freshman in there it's look at the history man it is really 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 freaking hard to go up against some of these other teams when you've got you know even a Bryce Young for instance who's had some experience like Bama's gonna have they're going to be good this year, there's but I think yeah, there's going to be growing pains amongst a lot of guys. You know, like so for another guy to come in, yeah, there's no senior who's you know supreme here, but Ohio State I think has the best offensive weapons outside of the quarterback they've had, you know, in the last few seasons. But it's going to take you know Stroud a little bit of a time, I guess, to really you know be able to, I guess, get his footing. You know what I mean? Because it's different in the Big Ten than it is when you go play those dudes down south. It yeah, is. that's absolutely true. It absolutely is. That's absolutely true. Well, look, look, there are a lot of games on week one. Let's kind of move through these because I've got three that I'm circling on my calendar that I think there are potential upsets. And I want to hear your guys' take on who you think has probably got the best chance to do an upset here. Look, Texas is hosting Louisiana Lafayette. They're number 23 in the nation now. The Raging Cajuns are not a joke. Texas is going to be the first game with Steve Sarkeesian. There is a lot of pressure there to succeed. Tom Herman did not succeed. Charlie Strong did not succeed. Basically, they haven't been relevant since Mac Brown left. Um, they're hosting Louisiana. USC is hosting San Jose State, who, hey, don't look now, but Nick Starkle can play. That's a former mm -hmm. A&M yeah. quarterback, yep. Andrew, for you. Um, and, but look, he looked great, yes, against Southern Utah last week. But, I mean, that's a team that won the Mountain West. Yay. Boo-hoo. But listen. That's a team that could definitely, definitely make a surprise on USC and UCLA, the fighting Chip Kellys, the fighting visors, hosting yeah. LSU at the Rose Bowl. I don't know if anyone's going to show up, but listen, the way they played against Hawaii last week, Dorian Thompson-Robinson, who's that running back that they got from uh, uh, Nick from Charbonnet? Michigan? Nick, Nick Charbonnet. Charbonnet from Michigan absolutely stole him. He's in or Zach, Sar Zach, Zach Charbonnet. Zach Charbonnet. Okay, out of those three games, LSU, UCLA, USC, San Jose State. Texas, Louisiana, Andrew, who's got the best shot? Well, I want to make this point. I think Texas winning would be the upset. You might be right. I am so sick and tired of Texas getting ranked in the top 20 just because they're Texas. <laughs> yeah, they're back. They haven't done shit in 10 years. <laughs> yeah, look at, like, look they are definitely going to be like a 7 or 8 win team, which we've already talked about in the Big 12. is not that impressive. Mm. 
But because they're Texas, because they generate money hand over fist yep. with their football program, the one thing I could see is maybe Steve Sarkeesian is the guy who figures it out. But until I see otherwise, I'm like, I'm not taking Texas. We've seen this story before. Yep. And like you said, Louisiana Lafayette is no joke. They are, you know, if Coastal Carolina wasn't a thing last year, they would be the they second be the team that we're talking oh, yes. about as like the non-power five team that could crash the party. So, you know, I, I don't want to pick Texas until it's like, hey, make me prove otherwise. Can I ask really quickly, and I don't want to step on your toes, Tim, but why is it that Texas quarterbacks just all have to have the most generic names in the entire world? you got Hangs King at Texas A&M, and you've got Hudson Card, the freshman starting for Texas. I mean, these sound like somebody that I would make up as like an eight-year-old. Like, yeah, let's call him Hudson Card. Isn't the backup something Thompson? I don't know. Yeah, I think the backup for Texas is is something Thompson. So, like, that's another generic. Like, I I truly don't know, dude. Like, it's it's a thing, like, after living in uh, West Texas for a while, it's, it's... it's truly a different world down there, man. But, the, like, you saying Sarkeesian being maybe he's the guy who brings them back, the pressure, like you mentioned, it is insane, man. Because, like, you're going down there and what people don't like, if you've never been there, you've seen it on TV, it's not the same if you've been there in person. You know, like, it's truly, you, you meet an 80 year old woman who can barely take her groceries out at the grocery store. And she's telling you about, like, oh, I hope Sarkeesian does well this year. You know, like, like it's talking to you about football. You're like, you know what football is? Well, look, the you one know, thing like, I'll, listen, I'm going to steal something because that's what that's what Americans do. We're lazy. We want to copy something that's a good idea. I listened to part of my take this morning with Kirk Herbstreet on my flight out here to L.A. Kirk Herbstreet said something that he's, he's obviously, he's got ties all across the country. He talked to somebody in Texas who basically said, okay, Jerry Jones owns the Dallas Cowboys. There are nine Jerry Joneses that are part of Texas as the boosters. So these are men with money that you cannot absolutely believe and everything is great. You're invited to cocktail parties when you win, but when you don't, the the pressure is probably greater than any other school in the nation. Yeah, I mean, just look what happened with Mac Brown. He won a national championship and still had to leave because he felt too much pressure. And he yep. aged like 30 and years over. He aged 30 years and then he went, oh, I'll go coach North Carolina. <laughs> the boys, there's way less pressure. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah, even if he can't handle it and he was successful, how do you think, I mean, Charlie Strong had trapped for days. He had no he chance. Shoulder day, day one, Charlie Strong, uh, it was Red McCombs yep. who was like, yeah, I think maybe we made a mistake. Yeah, day one. Day one. Sign his contract. Charlie Strong didn't even have a chance to recruit anyone. You know, I have one more thing to touch on Texas, and I actually, to be honest, I, I do think Sarkeesian is the guy. I, I really do, because I think when you have when you are put on a pedestal in the most judgmental city in the country in Los Angeles at USC, and you get embarrassed. Like, you get fired for being, like, an embarrassing fireman. You know, like, not losing games. You're you're drunk. You know, basically. you Like, that is fucking embarrassing. And to have to go with your... That's why I think Kiffin is going to do a great job at Old Miss moving forward. Like, to have to go to, to swallow your pride. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, the pressure is intense. But, dude, there's... I can promise you. Like, there is nothing more embarrassing and worse. Fuck pressure. You know, like, going, like, in L.A., too, people just... Like, at USC, you're the coach, and you're the guy, and you get fired for being a drunk, and then you have to go and then, you know, rebuild yourself and then go back there. Yeah, there's pressure, but I think he's dealt with some shit that people forget. And if anyone can do it, if anyone can do it, I think he's the dude. That's so funny. I feel like everyone said that about Tom Herman, but... Uh, Fuck Tom Herman, bro. I never said that. He sucked. <laughs> yeah, I was like, oh, cool. He came from Ohio State. They were good. Like, I, I didn't even know who the fuck this guy was. All right. Like, well, Tim, out of those three, <laughs> USC, San Jose State, 
UCLA hosting LSU oh, or yeah, Texas, UCLA. Louisiana. UCLA. You, you like, you yes. like UCLA? And, I, and it goes back to what I, I think. Not The Hawaii thing I, I don't really care about. I think UCLA has enough, so many players coming back. Enough experience now. It's given Chip Kelly enough time to really figure out how to kind of coach his team this is, and get this is his rec- first year. It's got, it feels like his first year with like his team. Well, yeah. he's gotten transfers, right? You're getting Zach Charbonnet. You're getting some of these guys that can really add to his team. And you're getting, uh, you know, was it Thomas Robinson? Uh, Dorian Thomas Dorian, Robinson. Dorian Thompson Robinson. Who, or yeah. Thompson Robinson, who is a hell of an athlete, but has never, I don't think, had the confidence in his running game. And some of these other things where he's always thought he's had to do everything himself. You know, like and he's, he's forced turnovers. He's had dumb things happen. And also, dude, it's hard to come to LA and win. It's hard to come to LA and be focused. It, you're coming from, LA, you know, all going the shit on. going on in LSU, all the or Louisiana, all the bad things happening, and you're coming all the way out here, and you're coming to beautiful LA, and you're playing out here, and you're warming up, and you're seeing some pretty girl. Like it's tough to come out here and win, especially when you're coming off a big win like UCLA was. That's for me. I think the Bruins. I'm more of a Trojan fan. However, I like Chip Kelly, and I think what he's doing. I like it. I like, I like it. what he's doing. Look, all right, let's go one more game because I'm not even going to exhaust any of this time with Alabama Miami. I think the only question here is whether <laughs> Alabama puts up no oh. is whether they put up 50 in the first half. Yeah, first quarter. Uh, yeah, yeah, like when Bryce Young just makes himself like five million dollars with an NIL. This is a preseason game for them. Notre Dame, Florida State. <laughs> mm-hmm. Now, Tim, you and I were talking about this a little bit earlier. Florida State has not named a starting quarterback. In fact, they put Mackenzie Milton and whoever the guy is he's fighting for the job at. at both at the number one line. I think Mackenzie Milton, if he's healthy, I mean, it's got to be the oh, guy. Give him the start. Notre Dame lost Ian Book. I mean, this is a very interesting trap game. I wouldn't necessarily call it a huge upset if Florida State wins this, but I also wouldn't be surprised if they do. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I just feel like Florida State is just such a shell of themselves that, like, kind of similar with Texas, they need, they're at a position where they need to prove otherwise that they're back. Like, they're, I don't think they have, they have any more of that expectation that, Florida State's going to be good until they're not. Now they're they're bad until they're good. Now Mackenzie Milton, when he was UCF, absolutely balled out. And so, like, if he is healthy, great. But that's such a big if, considering the injury oh, totally, he had. Dude. Looks so, like he was never going to walk again. Yeah. I mean, the, yeah. the the one thing I will say, we saw it last year. I experienced it firsthand. UNC at the time, number five in the country. When we talk about the opening, rolls into Tallahassee and gets bamboozled by one of the worst teams in the country. I think their fans will get up. It's week one. It's a blank slate. They can say, hey, you know what? Maybe the, the Knolls are back this year. So I'm not going to completely write them off. But like I said, I don't want to expect Florida State to do anything until I see it. Well, yeah. and, and I totally agree with you. And as like when I was growing up, like when Peter Warwick was at Florida State and Chris Winkie, he was like 35 years old when he won the Heisman. He was Heisman. bald. He was, he was bald literally he bald. Like, and he wasn't like that one friend of yours that's balding, like freshman year, like, oh, that sucks, man. You know, no. like, you meet in the dorms. But you've been losing that belt like, for a while. He was like balding. Like, you're like, wow, you're like my dad. You're like an accountant. You're old. You're bald. <laughs> no, but like I watched Florida State forever, and they have been horrendous, like, you know, like in, in the recent years. And rest in peace, Bobby Bowden. Uh, but they, they – I think the thing with – them this year and that's really intriguing me with McKenzie Milton is a lot of these kids at Florida State some of these recruits that they got in that are freshmen sophomores juniors right because it's been what two three seasons since he's played at UCF right these dudes were in high school worshiping him when he was at UCF a lot of these recruits were in Florida what so when he's actually able to play and this dude's at practice balling Right, and he's actually like legit, you know, because if he's starting, he's the best quarterback. So you know, he's out there playing, and these kids are they're like, "Yo, McKenzie's back, dude!" Like, you know how fucking I was gonna say freaking fucking stoked these dudes are. Like, literally, you know, like actually, like I talk about confidence in college football. 
right? Like, and to have your dudes be like, yo, we got McKenzie back. This is, he's going to fucking ball out. Like, I guarantee you, if he's able to, and he can do some of the things that he did. Did he have awesome guys at UCF? Yeah. Is it a different scenario? Yeah. But I'm, I'm telling you, the confidence he brings to other guys on his team from coming back from all that and, you know, showing how tough he is, that to me is huge. However, I hate Brian Kelly. I do. I think well, as a quarterback guy. Well, are you picking the Seminoles over Notre Dame or not? In game one of Mackenzie Milton's yeah, yeah. hypothetical yeah, career. Yeah, I will. I'll make it interesting. I will. Yeah? Yeah, because I just don't like Brian Kelly. I actually like what he's done the last few years. Well, but that certainly derailed my Cincinnati uh, dream season because yeah. well, I'll I be lost wrong. Notre Dame already before they To be played. honest, you no, put me on the spot. Not nearly as sexy. If you would have asked me that like after I was done, like I had 15 more seconds. Well, like If I was done, I would have been like, oh, me. it was. You it would have been. Me. So, yeah. But no, I'll stay with Florida State. I'll wrap it up. All right. Well, let's wrap up a little college football with some Heisman odds. We love odds on this show. Look, I'm looking at the favorites right now. Spencer Rattler's right there. He's number one at plus 650. DJU at plus 900. Bryce Young at plus 900. Sam Howell at plus 1400. Matt Corral from Ole Miss, interesting at 1400. So is JT Daniels and CJ Stroud from Ohio State. Look, for my money, I think Sam Howell could win it, but I just don't know if UNC is going to be good. Let's make a bet right now. Because if UNC is 9-3, Sam Howell's not going to win it, and you've got a 12-0, Alabama, it's going to be Bryce Young. But, look, I can buy into the Sam Howell type train. I can get it. Yeah, I mean, obviously, like, I'm the one at the most position to, like, be excited about that take. Here's my take <laughs> on it. I think there's a better chance he's picked number one in the draft than he is at winning Heisman. That's a good take. I think if he had had all of his targets last year returning, I'd be like, throw the mortgage on Sam Howell winning the Heisman. But there's so many unproven, like, we're actually returning 18 or 19 of our 23 starters, but the guys who are missing you lost are the important Brown. ones. Yeah, you're, you're, it's Javante Williams, my guy. Yeah. Yeah. The Broncos, let's yeah, go. Yeah, yeah. And then Diami Brown, Daz Newsome. Like, those are... That's so much of his production, and I like the targets. I think Josh Downs is good. Bo Corrales, if he can be healthy, is is serviceable. He's a good college receiver, but it's just such big shoes to replace. And so, like I said, I think he's arguably like the best pro-ready quarterback, but I don't think he's a Heisman favorite. Or I mean, he's up there, but I don't. I wouldn't pick him as the favorite. Dude, it, it's it's everyone. It's the whole all of college is what's around you, right? When you lose your production, like that's why Oklahoma and Ohio State offensively are so sexy. You know what I mean? Like. Every year, it seems like it's like, wait a minute, there is zero, like, it's literally like, wait, that guy was there last year, right? It's like, no, he still had 1,000 yards receiving. Like, they fill in and there's no, like, skip at all. You know what I mean? When you're at a tier 1A, like a Carolina or something, and you're still getting good recruits, but you're losing those dudes, right? And how, like, as, you know, like, again, going into my senior year, number one QB in Indiana, lost a lot of my guys from my junior year. It takes a few weeks to get used to throwing to these new, you know, because they were like, oh, this now guy who's my number one receiver was my number three receiver last year. These reads are different. You know, like reading how I'm going to hit him and how we're going to make these big plays are different reads. So you've got new guys in these positions that maybe the the guy you worked with last year went inside. This guy can't go inside. He only goes outside, but he's 6'6". That's huge. You know what I mean? As far as how you throw and things like that. So I think Hal will put up really really good numbers the second half of the season the first half it'll take some time to get used to rattler i still think like i said i I think he's going to put up obnoxious enough stats that is and he's going to do like when kyler had that run against texas that in my opinion won him the heisman that ran along the sideline which got me out of my off my couch that i was like holy shit this kid's fast you know like calling spencer rattler i think spencer rattler will do enough things in games like six seven td games that he will win the heisman and it's a boring pick i get it 
But well, I think he will do Look, that. he's the favorite for a reason. Yeah. Uh, whether I like him or not, who do you got, Andrew? Uh, so I just want to interject this because it seems to be a recurring theme. Just some unnamed Alabama skilled position player <laughs> who immediately makes their name felt. Oh, yeah. Like, <laughs> like no one was picking Devontae Smith last year. He no. just showed up. Yeah. And, like, you know, we had a question on here. There, who have been the four non-quarterbacks to win the Heisman since 2000? Three of them are from Alabama. So, like, there is totally a position there for an yeah. Alabama skilled position player you know, they've had Jerry Judy in the recent years. They've had Devontae Smith, Jalen Waddle. Like, they just, they're stocked with NFL caliber talent everywhere. So, they one of those guys could pop off. Who was Mac Jones three years ago? Yeah. Yeah, he was just a fat guy. <laughs> yeah, no one's well, still, still a fat guy. Yeah, he's yeah. still a fat guy, but he was celebrating, you know, titles with Tua Tagovailoa. And who's the other guy? Who else was there? Jalen Hurts. Jalen Hurts. Jeez. Wow. Yeah, wow. That, that's, a, that's a decent QB room right there. Well, look, let, let's shift gears just a little bit because I have to talk about this story, high school football. I don't know if you guys have seen this. It's all over the news right now. There's a school called Bishop Sycamore in Ohio, okay? Sunday, last Sunday, Saturday, was a huge, huge high school football kickoff. They've got all kinds of top schools from all over the nation, and you've got Bishop Sycamore losing 58 to nothing to IMG. What turns out to happen is Bishop Sycamore may not even be a real school. Now, they told ESPN and Paragon Marketing, which are the, the ones who team up and actually make these schedules and schedule these high school games. They said they had multiple D1 players. They made fake uh, profiles for their, for their guys. They have a guy on 24-7 sports, rival sports, they made fake profiles for him. They had a guy who apparently graduated two years ago from high school in Florida and is playing there. Not to mention, they played Friday night in Pennsylvania and lost, and then they played Sunday night in Ohio and lost 58 to nothing, and ESPN literally went on there and said, I'm sorry, folks, we're actually concerned about the safety of these players. Uh, They told us they had D1 talent. Clearly, that's not true. They've got about 30 players. They're getting just, their depth chart was getting shredded. When did they call the game? How long into it? Oh, they let it go. Yeah. Oh, Oh, but they stepped in like... No, no, it was just the announcer saying, um, this doesn't make sense. Also, it's did you versus say boys. it was against IMG Academy, who is IMG like Academy. arguably the best high school football team in the country? Yes. So, like, it's not like they were just duped some Ohio, like, public school. I think no, no. Or some Florida yeah, public no. school. Well, IMG, they also played IMG last year, so IMG kind of already knew what the hell they were getting into. They're just getting a nice little W. Is that working on the boys? But they duped ESPN into putting them on TV when they're not even a real school. <laughs> Somebody Google searched the address that is on, by the way, their website, there's no about us, it's blank, it's basically just a logo, and the address that is listed is a duplex in a residential neighborhood in, in Ohio. Uh, it's a house. It's the guy who started the LLC of the high school. Yeah, it's the guy who started the <laughs> they, fired, they fired their head coach, oh, who, apparently, who apparently was fired. How about this? The head coach was fired by the O-line, D-line coach, who also happens to be the president of the high school, who not only did not apologize, he doubled down and said, oh, actually the reason why you're, you're seeing that address and it looks like a residential neighborhood is because our kids were getting threats when we put a public address on there, we're a private school and we're just going to keep it private. I can't wait to see my kids at this high school. I mean, well, they're looking for a coach, Timmy. I have to coach these guys. No, I, I I was telling you this before we like talked. Like I have to, like find out. I need to meet like the Oz of this like just scenario because I'm like, dude, uh, uh, what the 
fuck was your plan? You yeah. were talking about this earlier. Well, I mean, to talk about the stuff we were talking about well before we got on air of like kids coming out and saying like we were forced to steal. Yeah, oh yeah. To just eat, sleep on the floor. Yeah. We were worried about getting guys. We're gonna stab each other. Oh, yeah, because yeah, like, it was like, like we're bringing kids from New York City. We're yes. bringing kids from Florida, and they're all inner from, city like, kids yeah. that they're bringing and putting in a house, like a freaking hostel, and saying, "All right, you're gonna play football for this school that doesn't exist." Yeah, dude. There is there is going to be a Tiger King esque documentary about these guys in like be. two years. Oh, that's that's the best part. Yeah. Apparently, there's an interview <laughs> yeah. from a player who used to play there who was told he was giving blueprints and pictures of a fake campus that this school was supposed to be. They were told that they were going to have a Netflix documentary, and instead, you're sleeping on the floor stealing from Walmart and losing fifty eight to nothing on a Sunday to IMG Academy. By the way, by the way. They were supposed to have, and I, I don't know what to believe anymore. I mean, the, everything is just out the goddamn window. But they were, listen to this schedule. If anybody knows anything about high school football, they're supposed to play not only IMG, Johnson Central in, in Kentucky, which is one of the best schools in Kentucky, yeah. Duncanville, Texas, who yeah, actually sure. got smoked this but weekend, but that's a Texas good. school, yeah. St. Edward in Lakewood, DeMatha, who is a top 10 program all, all time. St. Thomas More in Oakdale, Connecticut, probably the best team in Connecticut. Liberty out of Henderson, Nevada. St. Francis Academy in Baltimore and Life Christian in Chester. Well, now that this has actually made news, there are now only three more uh, teams on the schedule. So teams seem to be shying away. But I'd really like to know what St. Edward, St. Thomas More, and St. Francis Academy, something with the Saints that are still on that schedule on Max Preps, what the hell are they thinking? I think, the paper, I think the paperwork just hasn't been processed. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, it's well, yeah, and looking at these states, I'm I'm gonna take a wild guess that all these states have uh, probably if you just have wins that you can just add the stats on there. So yeah, probably. My my favorite part about this whole thing is there is this is already the biggest story in sports right now. There's not a whiff of it on the ESPN homepage. Well, certainly not. They got duped. Dupe, dupe, didn't right, that dude's fired? Whoever did that? Oh whoever yeah, they're that. gonna. There should be a lot of guys fired, not just the head coach. Yeah, and then I'll can feel, I can fill in for him and become the new head coach of uh, was it Bishop? Bishop, yeah. Bishop, Bishop Sycamore. Sycamore. Yeah. Well, I gotta figure out my new team's name. Yeah. <laughs> did they actually think people would buy that there was a bishop, some yeah. like historical monk named Sycamore? Oh yeah, no, he lives. Yeah, he's, he's he not was there. the bishop of all the trees in upstate New York. <laughs> yeah. So where was this based out of again? Well, they're the apparently a high school out of Columbus, Ohio. It's an Ohio State okay. Peter school, man. Yeah, Ohio State. Is yeah. that where DJ Stroud went? Look, didn't they say they were the IMG of the West? Well, like West Ohio. Apparently, <laughs> apparently the players were told that they were going to become the IMG of the Midwest. The Midwest, okay, which, and have a Netflix show, got uh, it, got which got is it. certainly not true. Uh, yeah, they're, they're just they they got killed yeah. on TV. I mean, it sounds it honestly sounds like a human rights violation. To be quite honest, this could get way oh, uglier. This is criminal. This is yeah. criminal. This is criminal. This is bad, and it literally just it feels like it's just like the guy. By the way, the guy who's the president, and the O line D line coach, he played for Jim Tressel, I think, at Youngstown State. This sounds back right. In the day. Yeah. So I mean, what kind of what kind of things? You mean the guy who gave away all yeah. the stuff for tattoos? Yeah, yeah. scumbag. Yeah, the, the vest. The vest. <laughs> yeah, of course. Uh, I, I mean, th- this whole story, it's. Way too crazy to believe, but apparently it's all true. And I, I mean, I'm just waiting for the next shoe to drop. Yeah, my biggest regret is we're recording this on Tuesday when I'm sure on Friday oh it's going to be a full fledged like national media so controversy. I'll be the head coach like, by then. Like right now, this is definitely relegated to the sports headlines <laughs> and like sports people. <laughs> yeah. And I'm sure this will be on like 60 minutes in two weeks. So 
And there's going to be more bullshit coming out. It's going to be it's going to be nonsense. Well, listen, you know what? They might get themselves a Netflix documentary, That's and what I'm maybe, maybe that coach is actually going to be proven to be an upstanding dude. Like, I mean, who it's knows? Going to be the number one Halloween costume <laughs> next year, like uh, Tiger King was. Yeah. And the last point about that, my probably one of my favorite parts of the story. I don't. I really can't pick. It's like picking a child. But um, a pair, so they are not. Despite saying that they are actually a legitimate school, they are not certified with the Board of Education of Ohio. And they're not only not saying, oh, yeah, that's weird. No, no, no. They have truly specific religious beliefs that lead them to not be part of the Ohio State of Education, Board of Education. Makes sense. So, I mean, you know, pick the lie in there. (laughs) Dude, that's, oh my God. I'm, I'm. I hate how much I'm obsessed with the story, and I need to be involved. It's too awesome. Again, <laughs> like I hate. It. I just I I wish teams wouldn't go off their schedule. I need to see Bishop Sycamore just lose. I mean, by a thousand every single week. Again, the best part about this might be them just doubling down. Yes, yes. like they're like that's we, we have no other choice. No, sorry, no, sorry. our team's not that good. Like everyone yeah. knows we're lying, but yeah. now we're just gonna look. No. Listen, everybody knows that if you make a lie and then somebody calls you out on it or somebody asks you more questions. You lie, and you lie, and you lie, and the next thing you know, you're in big, big trouble. This guy is in the biggest trouble that maybe anybody's ever been oh. in from a college or high school football standpoint. It's literally like when your friend's like, like you know, your one like buddy who you probably shouldn't take advice from is like, dude, deny till you yeah, die. Deny till and then he like cheats on his girlfriend on vacation, you will saves her name under like, saves her name under like Florida parasailing. Yeah. This might be true, might not. And then like four weeks later, he gets tons of calls from Florida parasailing. <laughs> Yeah, it's literally the same, but he stands on that hill. He dies on this hill. It's like, dude, we know you're lying. <laughs> and he's like, no, I swear to God, this is this is I real. Love, I it's love the same thing. This is the sa- it's the same example. But like, no, I, I agree. I'm obsessed with how much this guy's like, no, this is our high school. This is where we are located. We're in this duplex comp- like center. Everyone's sleeping on the floor. You can check in. If I'm the guy, I'm like, I'm teaching AP uh, life skills. Yeah. <laughs> Look, it, it, it's honestly, it's honestly gotten sad. It was really exciting, like a couple days ago, and it's gotten a little bit sad because these are these are high school kids, right? I mean, you are they though? Better. Some of them are like twenty. Well, yeah. one, one guy definitely graduated two years ago from from Florida high school. So I mean, make the make no, that. You're, what you're you right. Know. They are being taken advantage of, and we're making jokes, but like. Like, yeah, this, it's also one of those two, I, I, I was listening to Dan Patrick, like, you know, it's against the law for 20-year-olds to play f- high school football against minors. Trust Absolutely. me. I like, the IMG that. kids, even though they kicked their ass, yeah. they were actually at risk of, like, injury. Yeah. You know. Yep. Yep. Yeah. How do you do, fellow kids? We're here to play a football game. I've looked into that, too. It is illegal. <laughs> <laughs> I've been trying All to right. play high school football Before we get off the rails, let's talk a little NFL. Big day here because we got the roster cuts. There are some, some surprises. I mean, I don't think any bigger... Would you guys agree that Cam Newton done with yeah, done that with was the slightly Patriots? a big deal? That was yes. slightly a big deal. And look, here's my take on it. I don't know. There's there haven't been more than five quarterbacks in the last twenty years who have gone in the top ten or top fifteen who really belong starting week one. I mean, maybe Andrew Luck, Peyton Manning, who had you know, I mean, the most interceptions mm-hmm. ever by a Her quarterback rookie. who yeah. got thrown into the fire. There are very few. Trevor Lawrence is obvious. That's going to happen. Justin Fields, mm-hmm. it shouldn't happen because his offensive line is going to kill him. Kill him. Trey right. Lance is making his way through it, but I don't think he's ready, and he's got that broken bone in his finger. But Mac Jones, I don't. I mean, I watched the preseason. It was interesting, but I mean, that's not a guy. Listen, you start Cam Newton. Maybe you go two and two. You go one and three, and then you turn it over to Mac Jones. If Mac Jones goes two and two or one and three and struggles. 
you may be honestly mortgaging your future for the next five to seven years. Uh, like Mac Jones is a safer pick to me. It feels like it's a great defense there in New England, but this, I mean, listen, what, what do I know from a Hall of Fame coach, Bill Belichick? The guy knows what he's doing. The guy absolutely knows what he's doing, but I am shocked that he cut Cam Newton and he's going with Mac Jones week one. Yeah, the only thing I could think of when we talked about this offline was that he told him, hey, at, like, you will not be the starting quarterback, and Cam was like, cut me. I'd rather you know go somewhere else. All his money was guaranteed. It wasn't like you know he got cut and he, before he lost a paycheck. Um, yeah, I mean, that's the only thing I can reason. Or... Hey, you know what, you're right. There is if there is one guy who would be just like, fuck it, I've said all offseason, he's our starting quarterback, then I cut him. <laughs> it's Bill Belichick. <laughs> yes. Dude, yeah, exactly. Like, think about that. But like, you don't care. Who did he let walk away, bro? Like Tom Brady. Like, think about like Bill Belichick, if you put a wrench into his system, right? And like you put it like throw a curveball at him, he's gonna be like, he's gonna assess the situation, like with Cam and be like, you know what? See you, man. You're out. I'll go with this dude. I'll let him get, you know, his lickings in the first few weeks. And we're going to go on as a franchise, but he's not going to deal with the whole, you know, dog and pony show. Like, yeah. he's just, it's not his game. He's, he's over that. Well, look, our, our astute executive producer mentioned this, who's also a huge Patriots fan, Seamus Fennedy. Would, I mean, is there anything sweeter in Bill Belichick's mind? Even though maybe, I don't know if he's a, re, a vengeful guy, but beating Tom Brady week four with rookie Mac Jones <sighs> might have to be the wet dream of the century for the hoodie. Are you joking? It absolutely is. He would maybe smile. Yeah. He might smile. He, he might smile. Yeah, he, he might chuckle. Beat him with an MVP. He might chuckle. We might actually bit. see him smile with teeth. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> no, yeah. You'll see like a couple, like, a little bit of white. He's and like, like, oh, mm-hmm. there's teeth there? And he's like, <laughs> yeah, no, that's, you're totally right, though, because he wouldn't, he doesn't want to beat him with Cam. He is a, he's a sociopath as far as I don't think goes. he thinks he can beat them with Cam. No, I think because Cam's not Cam. bought in, man. Like, that's the whole thing. Yeah, and uh, Seamus chimed in that it's apparently Dan Patrick's take. But listen, we don't give credit here because we don't have to. We're the Wild West. Yeah, if we Dan do, wants we do to whatever defend, the hell Dan we want. come on the show. Look, okay, we mentioned the rookie, the rookie QBs. Look, it looks like Trevor Lawrence, Zach Wilson, definitely going to start. I'm not going to put that. And now we've got Mac Jones. Who out of those three is going to have the best season? Because, I mean, listen, Mac Jones is objectively probably the worst out of those three, but he's got the best situation. I mean, Jacksonville's going to be terrible. The Jets are going to be even worse. At least Mac Jones has a defense to lean on. Who do you got? Yeah, you literally just the only argument to be made is what you just made. <laughs> yeah. There is no other argument. Like I'm sure we can look at Trevor Lawrence and say, Oh, he looks better. No. But it's he's gonna still be getting demolished behind that offensive line. The Jaguars are just a mess. The Jets are a mess. Yes. These guys would have to be like prophetic football players to overcome how bad their rosters are. So by default, Mac Jones is gonna have the best rookie season of guys starting week one. So, like, you asked us, but you really laid out the only argument that can be made. <laughs> yeah. Good. Well, that's what I like to do. I like to ask you a question and then answer it answer for you. Answer for you, yeah. Exactly. Well, and we talked about this, guys, before the draft was how important it is to go into situations. Like, Trevor Lawrence, man, going into this and, and after getting a few preseason games in, yeah, it's preseason, but they looked like shit. You know what I mean? And, like, to go in there when you've been, you went, you know, great in Georgia, great at Clemson, playing with the best players, blah, blah, blah. And you go in and you're playing and you're just getting your ass whooped the first few weeks. That is, and, and it's same thing with Zach Wilson. You know, in the Jets, the Jets are a dumpster fire. I've said this, you know, for months. They're going to be awful. It's horrid, dude. Like, so like these two are going to be, it's like, man, you guys are going to really have to be mentally tough because you're going to get your just teeth kicked in right yep. off the bat. Yep. 
Well, hey, speaking of teams that are going to be bad, let's think Let's think about this, right? There's always teams that are going to disappoint. There's always going to be teams that are going to rise. I mean, that's what the NFL does, the parity level. Teams that finish last in their division finish first every year. There's multiple teams. Who is the Who's maybe a team that's been talking about as a contending team, Andrew, who's most likely to disappoint? A contending team most likely to disappoint. You know, I... I can we count Pittsburgh as a contending team? Because they started off so good last <laughs> yes. year, but then... Clearly, by the end of the season, we were all looking at them like, that's not a good team. Yes. Which is so odd because they went, what, 11-0 to start the season. Yeah. But I think it all rides on Big Ben. You know, if he wasn't Big Ben, he'd already be out of there. So it's kind of like what the Saints last year, they're putting a guy who's a shell of themselves in a quarterback, and it's going to really hold back the whole team. I know we're hearing everything out of Steelers camp, like, oh, Big Ben looks like himself. It's like, no, he doesn't. No, he doesn't. This is clearly his, like, his last season. Hopefully you can save face and... You know, I'm sure at some point Dwayne Haskins will get some time in there. Plus, it's a really tough division. The Browns and Ravens are both arguably like top four teams in the AFC. The Bengals will be improved. The, yeah, I, I don't think the Bengals are mm. gonna you know scare anybody. But I also wouldn't be surprised if they stole a game from Pittsburgh. You yeah. know, Joe Burrow looks like the real deal. I mean, he was Trevor Lawrence from last year. He just got just destroyed. So, you know, if there's a team that I'm looking at like, oh, they made the playoffs last year and then is going to quickly fall out, it's Pittsburgh. In the NFC, I would argue the Saints just because same thing. We don't know what Jameis is going to look like. I know we got the LASIK, and he can see now. But, you know, like, they're not going to be in New Orleans for the first month of the year. So how does that impact them? I think if there's any team, it's in the AFC, it's Pittsburgh. The NFC, it's New Orleans. Yep. Well, and, and like, to touch on the Saints, like, have they even named, like, Jameis is our guy? Yeah, like, yeah they uh, Yes. He, okay, he but is the guy. Are you guys sold on that? Like, I still think, even if you're on the team, even if you're like, Jameis is our guy— even that's why I think the Saints aren't gonna be what they were because even Jameis being the guy, Taysom's right there. Listen, and no, they're still going to be. It's gonna be annoying have, for them. They're I have not a ton of respect for Taysom Hill. Uh, sure, I didn't say he could do, but he's not a quarterback. No, no. but and he's. But you can't he, tell me that the fact that it took this long for them to to name James Jameis Winston says more about Jameis Winston than it does about Taysom. Hill. I agree with that. Taysom Hill is a tight end. But Jason Jameis has no comp. Like no matter what he says, to always have in the back of your mind, like wait a minute. They could maybe bring this tight end in to play quarterback. Like, you can't throw, you can't be Jameis and throw four picks like you do, and then be like, "Yo, they're still gonna keep me in the game." Well, and Jameis, you know what I mean. Sometimes you have to be Bruce Wayne. I think not Batman. True, this is true, which is a a hard thing to say as a quarterback. But no, I think the Saints, as you agree, I think it could be pretty. uh, I don't like what they. It could be ugly. Yeah, they don't have any receivers. No. I mean, I guess everyone's like, oh, Marquez Cowley looked good oh, in the God, preseason. Yeah. It's like, no. dude, every team has that one guy who balls out, and you're like, he's going to be first There's team all pro. There's always the preseason yeah. warrior that you're like, oh, yeah, and you you know, somebody who wants to get cheeky in their fantasy league, you pick them up in the 14th round, and then they never <laughs> see the field. And you're yeah. like, oh, that's great. That was Trent, Trent Shurfield's that guy for, <laughs> for the Niners. I mean, it just is what it is. Look, for my money, I think the biggest disappointment, and I'm not even going to go AFC, NFC, I actually agree with you. I think Pittsburgh is going to fall off. But it's the Dallas Cowboys, and they're a disappointment until they're not. Uh, listen, they ruined Hard Knocks. Hard Knocks. This was the worst season of Hard yeah. Knocks. Well, I last never year seen. was last year. Was they spent like 20 minutes following some guy trying to put his contacts in. I mean, you, I you stopped just, after you two just, episodes. Just, so just stop. It, it, I've never not wanted to watch Hard Knocks. I don't. I didn't want to watch Hard Knocks this year. They have not advanced past the divisional round since they won the Super Bowl in 1995. Where were you in 1995, Andrew? I was in my mother's uterus because I was not born yet. What? Wait, you weren't. How old are you? Like 18? You start. I'll be there? I'll be 18 and now I'm 25 years old. 96. You were born in 96. Uh, yeah, yeah, dude. That yeah, my girlfriend God, was born in 96. Feel... That's so cute. I was yeah. born, I was born in 86. So it's I was, like Hanson you know, was going. Do you remember Hanson? They looked like you. 
They did look <laughs> yeah. like me. They wish they looked like me. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe they still be popular. <laughs> God, you weren't even born the last time they made it to a, That's an NFC championship yeah. game. No, the last time they won a Super Bowl was like February of 96, or I guess January. I don't know if they moved February 95, at that point. 1995, they beat the Raiders. Steelers. Nice try, mm-hmm. though. Move the Steelers? Yeah. Well, there you go. He watched it. Fuck. I wasn't even alive that <laughs> year, Ryan. Well, I was only 11, okay? I was too busy picking my nose and you know, eating pudding. <laughs> You're still whatever. doing that, Yeah, man. I'm still doing that. Well, okay. One other, one other story that I actually just want to hit on. Deshaun Watson, of course, has not been moved yet. But not only is there interest, there's interest, serious interest from the Miami Dolphins. And then Coach Brian Flores comes out and said, well, we want high-character guys. Yes. Meanwhile, you're in the middle of potentially trading for a guy who may not play for the next year, for the next two years, because of lack of character. Yeah. What do you make of the Dolphins' pursuit of Deshaun Watson? Is this, is this real? Well, one thing I want to maybe posit, this is just pure speculation. One thing I've heard is that with the Dolphins, their dynamic in their organization is that the owner is the one who really wanted to attack Avilo when they drafted him. The coaching staff didn't. So I wonder if they're not on the same page about things. So maybe it's one of those where the ownership is like, let's get Deshaun Watson in here because all things aside, he's a top five quarterback when it's just down to football. But maybe the Dolphins like coaching staff is like, no way, what that we really only want high character guys. So maybe he's kind of publicly coming out and telling the, you know, the press, the audience, we want high character guys, which is also a subliminal way to say it to the organization. We really only want high character guys, but the, organi- the ownership may have different ideas. Well, that yeah, and that that is not a good team make. No, and that's why the Dolphins haven't have been away from the Super Bowl longer than the Cowboys. Yes. Well, no, and it, like absolutely, like the, and the most Dolphins thing ever, and just like human beings in general is, you want something like if there's something weird that you like or you want, right? Until somebody finds out, you don't like until someone actually finds out. Like, oh yeah, I'm interested in this, and people are like, oh, you're interested in this? Like, what? No way, dude. We want high character guys, not. A- you were absolutely interested in this thing. If there could be something behind the scenes to make this work, yeah, you got to spare me. You know what I'm saying? Like, there is something there. So, like with the Dolphins, the, the, yeah, we want high character guys, but yeah, I know you do, buddy. But I know you're an absolute scumbag, like the rest of us. And if you're like, oh, you bring this guy in who just basically forces people to give him hand jobs, you know, like down, you know, out of nowhere, and you go 13 and three, you're not going to trade for that. I, you bet your balls you're going to trade for that. Well, at the end of the day, I mean. It's, this is a business, and you have to save your job. I mean, yeah. that's what guys do. You get, you fight for your job, and you say what you need to say in the media. The smart guys do, at least. But at the end of the day, you need a winning football team. You yep. can have a bunch of high-character guys and go 1-16. and 16. Just and, Look at it like being and, the president. And well, where does that get you? you say. That gets you fired. That gets you sent home. That gets you probably ending up at, you know, some D2 school or FBS school or FCS school. I mean, that's just Easy. the way it goes. All right, well, we're running out of time. Let's go into our dudes and duds. Andrew, you got a dude of the week for me? I do have a dude, and he's such a, like, hidden gem. And it was the former Rams punter until today he was traded to the Packers. Corey Bajorquez, who filled in for the Rams. Oh, the Hork! When uh, Johnny Hecker was on injured reserve. And I'm a Broncos fan. I'm watching the Rams-Broncos game. This dude has a leg that could reach Mars. He hit, I know they're playing in Denver, it's, it's the mile high city, the ball travels farther. Two 70-yard bombs, which is impressive in itself, including one that rolled out expertly at the one-yard line. Like, I don't think there's a more perfect punt imaginable. I, I'm watching the, the Rams telecast, Aqib Tlaib was losing his mind. 
<laughs> like, you can only imagine the things that Keith Tlaib was saying about the punter. He's like, I didn't realize this was a position. Like, what? what is going on? Like, he genuinely could not be more like, the best player on the field tonight is the punter. And it was it was like, I'm watching, and all you can do is just go, this is incredible. This this guy definitely deserves to be on an NFL roster. I was really hoping he'd get cut and the Broncos could pick him up. But you know what? The Packers got themselves a steal. There you go, folks. The first and only, first and last punter dude of the week. Oh, yeah. Definitely. It's got to be hey, the first and last hey, dude of the week. If this guy's as good as I say, he still be a dude many more times. <laughs> punters can be sick. Punters can be sick. Look, my dude of the week is Zeb Nolan. I don't know if you know who he is because you don't seem to know who quarterbacks are yes. in college football. But Zeb Nolan is <laughs> he is a graduate assistant at South Carolina. Oh, yeah. Frank mm-hmm. Beamer's son is the new head coach. Zeb Nolan, listen, Zeb Nolan is, is not, not a scrub. He was a backup to Brock Purdy at Iowa State. He was a backup to, to Trey, Trey Lance at North Dakota State. But he signed on to be a graduate assistant coach at South Carolina. Their starting quarterback got injured in, in camp. And guess what? Guess who's taking the first snap in the SEC football game for the South Carolina Gamecocks? It's Zeb Nolan. Great name. Zeb. Incredible story. I hope he absolutely just balls out. And that would be the sweetest thing you could ever think. I mean, it's such a cool story. It's, it like, it's like a Rudy version of, of real life. No, it, it is, man. And I absolutely, for my dude of the week, I hate to like somehow one-up the name Zeb. You can't. But my dude of the week is the dudest of dudes, dude. The guy is named. Dude. His name in Oklahoma, or sorry, Alabama's uh, program <laughs> is Kool-Aid McKenstry. <laughs> Freshman court or cornerback 61190 from Birmingham, and it is spelled like Kool-Aid, K-O-O-L hyphen A-I-D, baby. And literally And he sent an He said yeah, he said NIL with obviously, you know it, Kool-Aid. See that those are parents with foresight. Dude, they that knew is, the NIL was gonna come. And what's and they're funny, like, hard boy, we either name him Cheerios, Doritos, or Kool-Aid. Dude, Let's go. Why Kool-Aid. don't you name him Tesla? Uh, well, that's yeah. That's we could spend a long yeah, we time go, on, on this, that, but yeah. no Kool Aid. Though my favorite thing is the fact that that Kool Aid is legit the dude from Bama's camp in the secondary. You know, everyone's talking about him. Everyone's saying, "Yo, this guy is like the real deal." And I cannot wait to watch an Alabama game this year to just see Kool Aid do something ridiculous and Nick Saban just really not give it in. Just scream! Oh yeah! yeah. Scream! God damn it, Kool Aid! <laughs> yeah, it's gonna be great. <laughs> All right, Andrew, who's your dud? Uh, my dud is actually a name I can pronounce or know because it's also the guy who shares my last name, and that's Juju Smith-Schuster. Oh, the shoes! Uh, you know, we actually are not related, but still, you know, it's cool. There's actually a pro athlete with the last name Schuster, <laughs> probably the first time ever. <laughs> but, you know, he's not the smartest tool in the box because, you know, he's out here doing the milk crate challenge the week before the NFL season starts. And I don't know if you've been keeping an eye on this, the viral challenge, but it tends to leave you vulnerable to injury. Yeah. So I don't know if uh, he really learned a whole lot about doing the TikTok dances from last year's uh, fiasco that was the Steelers playoffs. You said it. I actually wonder if, if the TikTok challenge is actually less dangerous than dancing on like the Bengals or the Browns logo and having the entire team in your, in your rival division want to take your entire head off. Uh, I, I mean, Juju, he just can't seem to get out of his own way. He loves content, and we love content here, so, you know, whatever. That's fine. Look, my dad of the week, it's the Mets. It's Javi Baez. Oh. It's Francisco Lindor. And I am just going to read just a little parcel of, <laughs> of what Javi Baez said. Now, okay, look, it's been a tough season in New York. It usually is. They, they, Steve Cohen, the, the new owner, he spent money. 
He brought in some big names. Javi Baez is, I mean, he's barely played. Francisco Lindor's barely played. Everybody's been awful. But apparently they've been getting, getting booed so much this season that they started booing their own fans when they did something well, when they scored a run, when they got a base hit. Javi Baez says, and I quote, and I'm paraphrasing, it just feels bad when I strike out and get booed, but I want to let them know when we're successful, we're going to do the same thing and let them know how it feels. Now, they've since walked it back, which is a, just a classic thing, and apologized to the fans. But listen, you're going to get booed when you don't play well, when you're a $300 million professional athlete and you don't do what you're supposed to do. What what do you expect the fans it's to do? It's also New mean, York City. It's, it's petty. It's, it's insane. That, and that's why, honestly, I, I feel like in baseball, I mean, yeah, you want you want big t- big name talent. You want to pay guys, but... I mean, look, Bryce Harper, he made it he made a late surge, but I don't think anybody in Philadelphia would say, yeah, he was worth $325 million. No, hell no. Francisco Tatis is probably the only guy who's actually done it, but he's missed what, 60 games this year? I mean, Francisco Lindor has not lived up to the hype. Javi Baez has not lived up to the hype. Manny Machado has not lived up to the hype. These I mean, look, at the end of the day, these are human beings. They're emotional, they get hurt, they get affected by the fans. When you pay this much money, yes. I mean, this is what you expect. This and is what you signed up this for. This is what dude. you signed up for, man. This is the dream. You're living the dream to get booed by your own fans. Oh, I mean, sorry, you went into your quarterly goes. review with your boss and he got mad at you? Yeah. Oh, because you didn't do anything. So you didn't make any sales. It's disgusting. It's it's hilarious. It's insane. It's so Mets, and it's they so are my Mets. Of the, it's so Mets. And it's they the most Mets the thing. I mean, it's just we should just so rename bad. this to the Met of the Week. Yeah, the, that's actually not the dud. Yeah, it's the, the Met, the Met, the Met of the week. They're both duds. That's oh. unfortunate. Oh, that yeah. is good. Well, the Nets are good right now. Ooh, the Nets yeah. of the week and the Mets and the Jets. Why have I never you. known they're wow. the Mets, the Nets, the Jets wow. in New York? All right, we're gonna, why have I just figured? We're going to spin this one offline, but we are out of time. That is it for the walk-ons, my man, Tim Fogarty, Andrew Schuster. We are in person in LA in a just a tiny little apartment watching replays of uh, preseason tiny. football. And I absolutely love, I couldn't be happier. I could, that's the point. I couldn't be happier. Okay. I absolutely love you guys. Pretty this was great. We're the walk-ons. Tuesday, August 31st, 2021, we are out. The walk-ons.